0: We were designed for deep and intimate connection, but far too often we find ourselves on relational autopilot. You want the marriage you dreamed of, not the marriage that you're settling for.
1: Each week we share personal and professional stories, giving you tools and guidance, empowering you to restore and reimagine the marriage you always wanted. Welcome to the Thrive Marriage Podcast. As we continue our series on other loves, we began last week by unpacking a little bit of what we mean by that, and then also the desire for comfort and how that desire for comfort in our lives is a God-given good desire. And when it's not met, especially as children, we learn to self And that soothing really becomes another lover in our lives, that we go to that thing that we found to soothe us rather than to relationship and connection to other people. And it becomes something that gets in the way of our marriages. It becomes, like I said, another lover between us and our spouse. And so as we talk about other loves, we want to dive into the next one. And that one, it really comes out of a desire for worth. Again, a God-given good desire that all of us have as we are born into the world. To be told and shown that we are worth someone's uh, attention and affection and connection. But then the hijacking of that is really the lover of affirmation. And so today we want to unpack that a little bit for you. So, Tracy, let's <laughs> dive in.
0: Let's dive in. So, when I think about this particular combination, it It hits such a deep place, I think, inside of me because so much from what we believe about our worth. And so we find ourselves in the realm of shame. It's tender. It gets stuck. So yeah, I feel like we're on the edge of a black hole that we could dive really deep in as we start talking about this. And I ache for my own childhood story and the story of so many clients that I sat with, where meaning parents just failed along the way to really equip their children with this sense of you are unique, just you, not because of anything that you're doing, not a behavior, but just who you are is unique. And it is a valuable. And, and it is loved. And this so you've got this sense of, like, oh, I have this worth. And I, I think very few of us really get a strong dose of that.
1: Yeah. And certainly not enough. And there might be one parent who has offered more than the other. And yet at some point it becomes something that do I have worth? And we're gonna throw around several different terms here. So do I have worth? Do I have value? And do I have some level of my own self-esteem? Do and, and esteem when we talk about that, it's do I esteem myself as someone who has worth? Do I consider myself as someone who has worth? And that's so hard, especially as we come into, into a marriage where we bring some of that lack or maybe some of that neglect or maybe nothing at all, I don't know, but you bring that sense of, I don't have a sense of my worth. And we've gone to this, to this place of, I am desperate for someone to affirm me.
0: Well, or I've got a sense of worth, but my worth is tied to something that I do. So it's because I'm responsible or it's because I'm nice, or it's because I, I can perform well. And I think that's the crux is that a lot of us got that. We got that sense, but then what we're really talking about is we didn't get a sense of worth from our parents. We got affirmation. Yeah. So I got affirmation for my good grades. I got affirmation for being responsible, getting tasks done. You got affirmation for being a good athlete, whatever the things were. And so our sense of, of worth, we don't know how to experience it outside of that. And so I keep seeking for that in the marriage.
1: And it sets up a conditional relationship that I am okay if I receive that affirmation. And, and I, of course, I'm going to pursue that, right? Of course, I'm going to go after these things that provide affirmation, because that's where I've gotten something that is even in the realm of worth. That feels at least like worth is that affirmation. And so now I'm in this performance. Now my, my life is based on love, which is now conditional on if and then statements that if I win the tournament, then I have worth. And if I am in control of these things, then if I perform in these ways, if I, it, it can sets up such a conditional relationship with our worth.
0: Well, and I think it also, I think we have to acknowledge there's a departure from your true self. There's a, it's like, you've left yourself in order to, you know, perform and get this affirmation. And so what does recovery look like from this realm? If I've been hijacked by affirmation, what is my, what am I to do? and, And what is the path?
1: Let's talk a little bit about what some typical hijacks for affirmation, where this other lover of affirmation, this affirmation addiction shows up. What are some typical things? And and these are pretty benign as you look at them on the surface, but there's a deep seated lack of worth and self-esteem underneath them. You mentioned a couple of things, and this is, let's talk about adults, right? Adults in marriage. What might be some examples of someone who is hijacked in this realm of affirmation?
0: I think if you've got kids just being that like amazing mom, that mom that makes the cookies and everybody gets a different sandwich in their lunch and you're the room mother and you are the carpool driver and you are yes to all the sports and you're feeding off of what your friends notice what your children say to you, it's a never ending cycle. If you don't have children, I I think it can be tied to your house. It can be tied to your house is perfectly decorated and people walk in and just love all of the things and want you to come over and give them help and tips and opinions. And you're feeding off of that. I I keep Mm -hmm. going.
1: I think also in the realm of work and success that in the areas like at home, and I've talked with a lot of guys who fall in this, they feel like they're a failure at home and, and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to parent their kids. They don't know how to husband their wives, but yet they have all this amazing training and master's degree and certificates in the realm of their work. And so therefore they're highly su- successful in work. And this is not just limited to men, it's men and women both, but there's this sense of affirmation that comes and you're the employee of the month and the star performer for the year, and you're going to get the promotion and you're going to be accolades. And now you have the company car and now like all these things begin to come in this affirmation of who you are. And it develops this addiction to it, that if I don't get it, then I don't know who I am anymore.
0: I'll reiterate, you could flip what we said and it could apply to the opposite sex because there are men that are the amazing dads and I have a friend, she's married to this guy. He's a better, he's a better parent than anybody I know. And all the things like he, he does them. He does them all checks all of those boxes way better than I ever did with any of my kids. And I get that personally, it's easier to get affirmation for what I do at work. I can check those boxes really easily. It can go both Mm -hmm. both ways for sure. But ultimately what we're talking about is tasks that you can perform, things that you can do that will get you attention and words um, telling you what a good job.
1: And what ends up happening in our word with this Other Loves assessment and in our conversation is that our desire for worth, which is good and right and God-given to be valued for who we are, not what we do, gets hijacked into this addiction to affirmation. And it actually forms then another lover in our marriage that comes in between us. And so if there is a wife who has an addiction, or has been hijacked by affirmation, then she's more committed to the achieving of the affirmation than she is committed to the the connection and love and intimacy with the spouse and vice versa. If a man is more committed to the affirmation and accolades that he's getting than to his spouse, then that is another lover. His love has been taken and hijacked away and it needs to be addressed it needs to be surfaced it needs to be talked about
0: yeah it does and again i think the the subtle the subtlety of it what does it look like how does my life look different if i have a strong sense of self worth what is different what how would that change from if i've been hijacked by affirmation as we're talking i'm thinking about The simplest thing, even with Mark and I, that's existed for years, that Mark feels very free to take a nap on a Sunday afternoon. He will take a nap on a Sunday afternoon and he'll be like, Let's just take a nap. Just lay down. Why don't you take a nap? I'm not going to take a nap. There are emails that need to be answered and there is laundry that needs to be done. And I could list those tasks off like these are things that have to be done. But the truth is that there is affirmation on the other side of all of my tasks. And underneath that, I would have to believe that I am valuable enough that if all of those things don't happen, because I took a nap on mm. Sunday afternoon, because that was good and kind to me, that the world will still spin on its axis. Okay.
1: Which is another way of saying, if I can have some level of self-compassion.
0: Yes. Yeah. If
1: I can have some compassion on myself and recognize that my worst does not come from the things that I do, but that intrinsically in who I am, that I can take a nap, not because I deserve it necessarily, Mm -hmm. but because it's not that I don't deserve it. I can sit with that. I can lay down and I can go to sleep and things will be okay. I will be okay.
0: I will be okay. And I think that is really, we start, I think we start to talk about kindness to yourself. What does that look like? And that's a pretty popular word right now. If you get out there, you you could Google what is kindness, but I think it's worth our consideration. What does it mean for me to be kind to myself? Because What's rolling underneath somebody who's been hijacked by affirmation is that there is this, there's this river running underneath of self-condemnation. There's this sense that I am not worthy. I am not valuable. You've got shame running down there that says, if you're not getting these words from the outside, you really aren't valuable. You really shouldn't be laying down to take a nap because you don't deserve that. You shouldn't be letting the dishes stay piled up in the sink or going for that walk or whatever kind of some of those self-compassion things that we think about. Or when bad things happen, it's not because you're a terrible person. It's because you're a human and there is suffering in the world and we all experience it.
1: So Tracy, let's talk a little bit about the spouse who is listening to us right now and hears, "Oh my goodness. I recognize that I have an addiction, that I have been hijacked by affirmation, and that there is there are those undercurrents, those rivers that are running underneath the surface in my life." Let's talk about what that person can do to make a shift in their life.
0: Yeah. So I would say that A really great resource out there if you're needing to begin practicing some self-compassion would be anything written by Kristen Neff. She's got some wonderful books that could be a good starting place. Mindfulness is part of building your sense of self-worth. And when I think about mindfulness, especially for those that are Christ followers, we're really talking about sitting in space that says that you're going to make yourself available for breathing in the spirit of God and listening for what he has to say to you. So there's some quietness, but mindfulness practices that are are in general good, but that are rooted in, in, in your relationship with the Lord, I think would be a really key thing. Simple things like getting more sleep. Like taking hours, naps. Taking naps. Going for a walk. Not necessarily a workout, but just a walk. The things that tend to your inner well-being would be some of my thoughts. What about yours?
1: I, I come to a friend Dan Allender. He said once that the word character really comes out of this emblazoning or engraving process in in the ancient world. They would take just a simple piece of metal and they would characterize that piece of metal to transform it from metal into a coin. And there were three things that they would always make sure were on there. Right. And it was the characterization of the home, where the coin was from, what country it was from, the characterization of the ruler of that home or the king of that domain his face and then the third thing would be how much it's worth as we're talking about the meditation and then the slowing down and the breathing in of Christ and allowing for our spirits and souls to soak in these places where my my home my value my king where do those come from they don't come from anything that the metal did They don't come from anything that was performed or any external thing that happened. It was all because of something done to the metal that made it into a coin. And I think if we can sit with that just long enough to recognize my worth comes from outside of me because of him who made me and how he made me. And that value is not something that I have to seek it is right. something that is intrinsic and in there. And so then I think about doing those walks and those naps and that meditation, it is soaking in that mindset and in that place.
0: One. Well, so really what you're naming is, is that in our humanity, in our humanness, we have worth and value just because we are a child of God, every single one of us. Yes. yes. And so there's Coming home to that, what does it mean? What does it really mean that you are a child of God, valuable to Him? So, I we could talk about this a lot more. Those are some really we're we're saying some we're saying things as if these are simple,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: right? Like oh, these are the three steps, three things you can do to overcome being hijacked by affirmation, and and it doesn't work that way, but it, it is a start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we should probably talk about if you're the spouse that's married to someone who has been hijacked oh to you spouse who are married to someone who has been hijacked because for you to be a presence it's costly to you that your spouse is won't lay down take a nap with you or that they are that they have been taken away by work or by the kids or by whatever it is. And that's cost you. And yet part of what you need to be offering them, like to be the face, the hands, the energy of the Lord to them is really this, you are worthy and accepted even when you're leaving me to go make cookies or work or answer emails or whatever it is. And it's not that alone. It's you need to be able to say, I miss you. It costs me that you're leaving me. But if you do it in a shaming manner, then you are only perpetuating the problem.
1: Yeah. I feel like you as a spouse would need to get over your resentment Hmm. and beyond the anger of what it is costing you. And I think you just named that, that if you do it in a shaming way that says, oh sure, you're going to go make cookies again. That kind of undertone is not only going to create distance between you, but it is going to devalue the other person. Right. The other side of that coin is you as a spouse may have been conscripted into the story yeah, your life is better because your house is clean or there's lots of money in the bank account or there's all kinds of amazing travel and trips that you get because it has all this affirmation and success coming from these other places or you're sitting on the sidelines of your kid's soccer team and you're part of the awesome parent team because your spouse has made amazing snacks for you know everyone. So there is some benefit of it, but then also I would encourage you if you're recognizing in what we're saying, that you are a spouse of someone hijacked by affirmation, that you, the invitation is to shift some of your language and some of your thinking away from giving them the affirmation for what they're doing. And remember to affirm and grant them worth. Hey, those cookies are awesome. You make amazing cookies. And I love you despite the cookies. I love you. I'm with you. I desire you. I see the importance of who you are, whether or not you get this promotion.
0: Well, naming, I, I think part of it is what didn't happen in childhood was this mirroring back of who you are as a person that I see. And, and it takes some practice to learn to do that without tying it to behavior,
1: a lot of practice.
0: It's, it is, I I think about what, what that has looked like with my own kids. I think about what it has looked like for me with Mark to be able to mirror back to him. I love his mind. I love how he thinks. I love how he thinks. I want to know what his thoughts are because of the way he puts them together, period. Like, yep. and that's just part of how God has made him. And I, I love that he is a joy bringer. So I think that that's part of the invitation too, is like you sit and think about who, who do you know your spouse to be? Tell them in ways that no one else knows them. Can you start to be that first person maybe ever to name more deeply who it is that they are. And can you make it, can you do that without it being about something that they do?
1: Well, again, I feel like we don't have three steps or five tips. What we're naming are some really challenging paths that couples can walk and just begin to go down and explore together. And so The whole heart behind the Other Loves series that we're doing is just to unearth some of the places where our hearts have fallen in love with something other than our spouse. And in this place of worth, we're falling in love with even something other than ourselves. And that is the invitation here for today. We will be continuing the series on Other Loves next week. So stay tuned and we will see you next time.
2: Thanks for joining us today on the Thrive Marriage Podcast. We hope that you are enjoying what you're hearing and would love for you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts if you do. As a reminder, you can go to otherloves.net to take the polyamory assessment and you'll immediately receive your results in an email along with different questions to ask yourself and your spouse. I don't know if you knew, but the Thrive Marriage Podcast is a part of the Thrive Marriage Lab, which is a monthly marriage membership community where couples are gathering each week for new content to help their marriages thrive. We only open up the lab once a year and it is opening again at the end of March so make sure you go to restorylabs.com thrive to join the waitlist to be the first to know of when we're open again. Restory Story Labs is a digital laboratory of restoration counseling, and you can find out more about us in the show notes. And we'll see you same time, same place next week.